Do you want to become a talk show host? Do you have a great idea? Passionate World Talk Radio is currently looking for podcast hosts for our internet talk radio station. Please email us at twrnetworkllc at gmail.com with your name, email address, cell phone number, and podcast topic. In return, you will receive a three-minute intro on air to a live audience about your podcast. Remember, just email us your name, email address, and your podcast topic, and in return, you will receive a free three-minute intro on the air. How cool is that? Welcome to Passionate World Talk Radio. Educate, enlighten, entertain. Ladies and gentlemen. What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making Just keep it simple. I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Brav Bros, two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude. Stop with the voice. Just the vo- keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Bravo, bros. Good job. Hi, everybody. This is Betsy Wurzel, your host of Chatting with Betsy on Passionate World Talk Radio Network, where our mantra is to educate, enlighten, and entertain. The views of the guest may not represent those of the host or the station. Folks, you're going to want to listen to this podcast. I am honored and privileged to do what I do. And my show is my bullhorn to the world because I am a huge mental health advocate. If you listen to my shows, you know that. And I am honored and privileged today to have on two guests who also are mental health advocates, and they're doing something. And it's my honor and privilege to have with me today Karima Irani, who is the Director of Community Services for the Starlight Agency in Santa Clara County in California, and Gabby Gonzalez-Ortez, who is Clinical Supervisor of the REACH program. What does REACH stand for? Raising Early Awareness and Creating Hope, and that serves the underserved community ages 10 to 25. I love that. And so I am so happy to have you ladies on today. Welcome, Karima and Gabby, to Chatting with Betsy. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Uh, you, You are welcome. Who would like to go first in telling what you do? I I can go first. Um, okay. I am a therapist by heart. Um, that was my first employment here at Starlight. I was a therapist, and then I moved up into management and became the supervisor of REACH, which is now what Gabby is doing. And then our program has grown, and so now I have stepped up and become the director. Um, 
but I love working with individuals kind of going through some struggles in life and seeing them during those struggles and then helping fill that hope and creating change and seeing growth and seeing the building of coping skills, the empowerment of self, and then coming out a little brighter at the end. It's so wonderful to see the changes in the youth as well as in the family dynamics. Yes. Oh, thank you, Karima. And how about you, Gabby? How would you like to say what your job is? Um, well, I think I can describe it as, um, one, I, I love my job as well, also a therapist at heart. And so being able to support um, an array of clients right through meeting with our team members and supporting and guiding um, our services so that they can reach um, that level they'd like to be in or, you know, back to close to the level they were at before they came to our programs through education and training and therapy and um, the various services that we provide is just um, absolutely rewarding. I can imagine uh, it is a very rewarding for, you know, to bring someone who's struggling, and to have them be victorious in what their struggle is. And for some people, they struggle with depression or whatever their difficulty is on a daily basis. And I just am such a mental health advocate. And I, I want to tell the audience, go in for a help. And saying that you need help is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength. And do you encounter that in your work? I know you serve younger people, but do you encounter that with their parents or guardians? Yes. Unfortunately, we still do in 2021. Even though you have seen like the media has kind of stepped up in the last past couple of years and you see various celebrities kind of promoting their struggles with mental health and kind of what they went through, so normalizing it for the entire community has been great. Um, and unfortunately, we still see stigma surrounding some of the symptoms that are going on for our youth. Um, the REACH program targets kind of early intervention of psychosis and schizophrenia. And so just those names kind of scare people. And they go, oh, my goodness, well, what's going on? You have psychosis? And it doesn't necessarily mean a person has psychosis. It means that their symptoms are getting a little bit more severe and they need to intervene and get some help and some support from the professionals at this point because we don't want it to develop into psychosis. And so we do a lot of outreach into various communities and talk about the stigma that is still there and how to normalize getting treatment, reaching out for help at all different levels. And we have had some success, and still there are some struggles. Yes. And, you know, I, I said it to you before we started the interview, and I'm going to say it to the audience, it's a shame that it took the pandemic to bring out mental health issues and to make it acceptable. I'm glad celebrities are coming out and saying, you know, I struggle with depression or, you know, whatever their situation is. But it, the stigma has to stop. I've said this so many times on my show, I'm going to keep saying it because it has to stop. 
You know, folks, I know from my own experience, I went for counseling when I was 16. I was, that's back in 1974. You did not talk about that. You did not talk about mental health issues. It was something to be ashamed of at that time. We need to stop this. We need to stop the stigma and how to be acceptable to go for a help so that you can be a, you know, your best, your best self. You know, we don't look down upon people who have an injured knee or, you know, an arm. But why is it that when someone has a mental health issue, right away they're stigmatized? And I also want to say that people who make fun of others, who go for help, need to stop. Because you know what? You don't know what life is going to throw at you, and you don't know how you're going to handle it. Because I get emotional because I get so passionate People need help at different times of their life, and it's okay. And I just want to tell the world it's okay to say I need help. I get carried away. Um, how do you approach that, you know, with a parent or a guardian who's reluctant for their child to go for help? Part of what we do is a lot of education and um, in incorporating that education piece early on in our services, it helps us, one, develop that rapport and that trust with our clients and their families, but also um, bring a different perspective as to what they may have heard or have been hearing from um, other family members or friends or whomever it may be, right? So um, through education and then going into training, um, we help our families um, normalize some of what their, what their children or youth may be experiencing. And while we do that, we also incorporate the cultural piece, right? So being mindful of um, how different cultures view mental health and in addition, adding that um, the symptoms of psychosis through our education to also um, normalize what they're experiencing. And how does someone go to your services? Do they have to be um, referred by a doctor or school counselor? In uh, most counties, oh, oh, go ahead, come here. in most counties, um, they have access lines or mental health kind of support centers. And so, in Santa Clara County, um, we do have a call center. And so people can call in there, and then they get routed to the different community-based organizations, um, depending on kind of what symptoms they're sharing. Um, and for our program in itself, we do um, consult with PCPs, with people, social workers at school sites, um, other community-based organizations. We have our own 1855 number as well as our website, and people can either call us or email us, and we provide feedback, we provide consultation. Um, but it's definitely there and available to a lot of people. And some people don't know that each county has their own mental health services dependent upon you know, no insurance or Medi-Cal. Um, and then, of course, private insurance, you have to go through um, your actual insurance carrier. Yes, and have you seen an increase with needing your services, your outreach program, with the pandemic? And do you have enough staff during this pandemic? 
That's right. That's I, know here in New, <laughs> I know yeah. here in New Jersey, um, there's waiting lists. There's actual waiting mm-hmm. lists to see a psychiatrist, psychologist, and residential treatment. Yes. I think, I think across, um, across the United States, we are seeing that we definitely need more people um, involved in the mental health field, um, more child psychiatrists, more therapists, more case managers on all different levels. Um, I think right now there is a great need, and you know, the pandemic, yes, it highlighted this. And with our social media that is out there, um, it's a lot of pressure right now to be an adolescent or even a middle school, elementary age. There's so much focus on who you are, what you look like, what does your social media account say about you, how many likes do you have, do you have followers. I mean, <laughs> how about kids just being kids? It's, it's taken away from that aspect, and so there is more pressure, and people internalize that and judge themselves based on other people and successes. And so we really see an increase in kind of that self-esteem, the depression, <laughs> the anxiety of like, am I ever going to be like that person? And these worrying thoughts um, and these negative statements about self, and that's where we've seen a lot of the referrals coming from kind of in that anxiety, depression, self-esteem area, which can impact more serious mental health down the road if it's not addressed. Uh, Yes, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, so when Twiggy came on, I was young, but she was very thin. So all the adolescent girls wanted to be like Twiggy thin. So there you start having your eating disorders to try to look like what the models do or what Hollywood says you should look like. And I think that um, it's tough to be a kid today. You know, when I was growing up, there was bullying. There wasn't the internet. So you just got bullied face to face. You didn't get bombarded on your phone. And, you know, image, um, there wasn't all this Hollywood um, stardom, you know, the internet to contend with the social media back then. And even people my age, you know, have trouble uh, with, with that. And I, I want to ask uh, you both, what should parents look for in their children? I always say, you know, parents, keep your lines of communication open with your children. Let your children vent to you. Let them tell you if they are being bullied or depressed and then seek treatment. But what signs should a parent or guardian look for in their child? Um, Well, overall, I think they'll start noticing changes in their behavior, uh, maybe where they would have dinner with the family now they prefer to eat alone or they're spending more time in their room Um, whereas they might be you know super um, engaged and um, excited and having different activities maybe now they're not they don't have as much interest in these activities maybe we'll see some changes in um, 
hygiene where, you know, if they're showering or taking care of their personal needs daily, it might start reducing. Um, the, the way they, they dress might change. Um, that communication um, might lapse. Uh, you might start noticing that grades may start decreasing or that they're not um, engaging with their friends as much anymore. So little things like this um, can make a big difference. And um, like you said, that communication piece is absolutely important um, so that if parents do start noticing this, we're having those conversations with our, um, with our children and also seeking that help. And do you involve the family with the treatment of the child if the child is you know, below 18? Because once they're 18, they're an adult. But do the families also attend counseling or therapy? Yes, we have a group called Multifamily Group. And that is for the youth who is in the treatment as well as the family members. Um, they can attend that. We also offer family therapy. Um, our services are community-based, so we go out to the family, and sometimes they prefer that. They want us to come to their home, and we have sessions in their home to help with that comfort and to join a little bit differently versus coming to the office and feeling like it's a sterile environment with that just one hour of treatment. Um, we go into their home, and we kind of see their lifestyle and how they're living, and it helps create um, openness and build that rapport, and then we get a little peek into the family's lifestyle, which is wonderful. That is great. I remember when I was 16, I went to a social worker, and the first visit was very uncomfortable because my parents were there and my brothers were there. So you could see the eye rolling going on. You know, I mean, my parents are from World War II generation, and you did not talk about what they would call their dirty laundry, you know, and they were ashamed of me. They were embarrassed mm -hmm. that I said I suffer from depression and I want to talk to somebody. That just wasn't cool then. And my sister, she doesn't remember doing this, but she made fun of me, called me all kinds of names because <laughs> yep. I went for therapy. Mm -hmm. And guess what? She went for therapy. <laughs> she went for therapy later on. So that's what I'm saying. You know, you don't, nobody knows why life has in store for them. And, you know, they say about karma. So be, I just you know, I like to say just be, be kind to people and be understanding. You know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, snap out of it. You know, you're, you're depressed because you want to be. Uh, snap out of it. There's people who have it worse than you. You don't realize how good you have it. Um, these are things that have been said to people has that changed any? I mean, I hope it has, but has it changed any? I think it's definitely changed. I think even our education system is helping out with that. We have, you know, we see more mental health in the schools and how it's impacting education. And so from that, we see kind of more schools developing a wellness center where people can come in and talk. We see kind of um, buddy systems being established in school where kids can talk to each other. There's that peer support. If they're having struggles, they can go to another peer and talk about things just to help with that normalcy. Um, everyone in life is going to go through struggles. That is part of life. 
and they're going to need another person to bounce ideas off of and help reflect at times. And I think it's great that we're starting that early in the school system where they can get that support. And also from families, from siblings, um, from anyone. We would say just connect with somebody. If you have someone as your support system, that's a great start. Yes, I, I so agree. And for the people who go that are over 18, but they still live at home, and I know there's you know, that legal uh, right where they don't have to inform their parents, do you get the families involved, or is it optional? Because some parents really want to know what's going on with their child or guardian. We encourage um, parent involvement and um, also respect if our clients choose not to involve their parents, um, if and when that is the case. We try to incorporate other significant people within their family or um, overall system so that we can help our clients develop that support system for themselves and have someone whom they feel comfortable enough um, sharing about their experiences and also being part of um, our treatment uh, because it's important to be able to also have someone um, when your treatment team is not uh, available or, you know, during off hours, whatever it may be. Well, your REACH program just touches my heart and I hope there's programs like yours throughout the United States. I would really would love to see that. Um, I'm from New Jersey, so you, can you tell me where the Santa Clara County is? I know you're, are you near Jose, San Jose? Yes, it is San Jose, Santa Clara, um, down in, a little bit into Gilroy and up to Palo Alto. So it's, it's some surrounding kind of cities. And people who are hearing the show, can they reach out to you? Like, can you refer them to a different area if they're from outside of your county with their services? Um, we, in every county, there is a 311. Um, oh, okay. And that, that one can list um, all the mental health providers in their county and kind of um, they can use that as a resource. Sometimes we have had people call our REACH hotline or even email us about like our program, and they're like, oh, but I live in this place. And so we try to respond and say, hey, here's maybe some resources that you can use, but we may not know about those resources. Um, it's just what we found off the Internet. Okay. And I want to ask you, do you go out to the schools in your area to – promote your uh, REACH program so that people, you know, know about it, the children know about it, the, you know, their parents, guardians, teachers, social workers, and do you go out to, like, the YMCAs, YMHAs to make your services aware, available and more aware? Yes. yes. Um, mm -hmm. Go ahead, Gabby. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, so um, we do our best to meet um, and speak to and do outreaches wherever they'll have us. And so that's part of, um, we understand that it's important for us to inform everyone and, and anyone who is willing to listen to us about the services that we provide. 
not only that, but also just mental health overall. And so we offer that, um, and, you know, even if it's through through tele-services um, right now, um, we are definitely available and open to doing that. That's awesome. I, I can't thank you both enough, uh, Karima and Gabby, for, for coming on my show today and talking about such an important service uh, that you uh, provide uh, for your community. And I hope that people that are listening will, that are in your area will contact you and those who live outside of Santa Clara and you do need counseling, please call your local directory or go to your physician or school counselor and get referrals. There are there are services out there. There's resources out there. And this is one of the uh, things that I love to do on my show is to provide resources and let people know that there is help available for you. And I just really want to emphasize that you don't have to suffer with any kind of mental health issue because there is help available. And uh, can you tell us uh, where people can reach you that are in Santa Clara? Your number or website. For people who want to reach us in Santa Clara County, we have a website, info at reachforscc.org, and we have a 1-855-2-REACH-US. Um, there is an extra S, and the actual number <laughs> is 1-855-273-2248. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Karima Irani and Gabby Gonzalez-Artez for coming on, chatting with Betsy. Thank you for the work that you do. You're welcome to come on again. People need to be uh, aware. This is my um, such a passion of mine to uh, help others. And I hear so much with um, you know, mental health awareness and issues with children and adults, and it, it doesn't go away as you get older. And, uh, you know, if you could catch it at a young age, 10 years old, oh, my goodness, I wish there was this program when I was 10 years old. You have no idea. To help somebody, to help a child for a better and brighter future, then, you know, that's what needs to be done. And I'm glad that there is a program like yours that are reaching the underserved community, but, you know, starting at, at age 10, that's, that's huge. That's fantastic. I get chills here in New Jersey. I had children sweating at the same time because I get so passionate and so excited about a program like yours that is helping so many people. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart for what you do. Well, thank you for having us. We really appreciate this opportunity. And please, everybody, reach out if you need some support. Please find somebody to talk to. There are a bunch of resources. Um, and again, thanks for helping just get this awareness out there. We truly appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. It is my pleasure. And I consider it an honor and privilege to be a host 
a Passion World Talk Radio Network where we give people the opportunity to be heard, resources to be uh, known about to help others. This is my mission. This is my vision uh, for this show. And, you know, I just want to help other people because people do need help at various ages and various stages in their life. Folks, if you missed this podcast, any of this podcast, you can hear it again on your favorite podcast outlet. I am on Spreaker, Spotify, and CastBox, just to name um, some examples. I want to thank, again, um, Karima Arani and Robert Gonzalez-Ortez for coming on for the REACH program in Santa Clara, California, uh, accounting California, for doing what they're doing. Best wishes. I hope more people get involved. I hope more people become mental health workers, psychiatrists, psychologists. And I want to thank Lillian Caldwell, CEO of Petrol Talk Radio Network, who gave me the press release about this wonderful program. And I want to thank Jeannie White, who's station manager of Petrol Talk Radio Network, for writing the blog and producing the show. Folks, please read the blog. It has great information. Please share this podcast because it's to help you, the audience. It's not about me. It is about you, the audience. And I want to thank everyone for listening. In a world where you could be anything, folks, please be kind. This is Betsy Wurzel, your host of Chatting with Betsy on Passionate World Talk Radio Network. Till we chat again, bye-bye. Do you want to become a talk show host? Do you have a great idea? Passionate World Talk Radio is currently looking for podcast hosts for our internet talk radio station. Please email us at twrnetworkllc at gmail.com with your name, email address, cell phone number, and podcast topic. In return, you will receive a three-minute intro on air to a live audience about your podcast. Remember, just email us your name, email address, and your podcast topic, and in return, you will receive a free three-minute intro on the air. How cool is that? Thank you for listening to Passionate World Radio. You can listen to this program all over again by going over to https colon forward slash forward slash passionate world talk radio.com. You can also hear it on Spotify, Spreaker, Amazon ALEXA, AMFM247.com every Tuesday evening between 8 and 9 p.m. YouTube, Facebook, Facebook Live, LinkedIn, and all the other podcast directories one can find on the Internet.